Do you remember the game of Risk? It was a game of strategy. We'd play it with pieces. I would say that as a kid, I used to play Risk growing up. But honestly, even as an adult, I still play this game, this protracted game of strategy with my kids from time to time, especially during the long winter nights. You know, I don't do it too often, but it's a game for all ages. It's a great game. For all those who are not familiar with the game of Risk, the goal is simple. Each player owns territories on the board, and players aim to conquer their enemy's territories by building an army, moving their troops in, and winning the battle. Depending on the roll of the dice, a player will either defeat his enemy or be defeated. The object is to build up your armies and increase your ammunition in order to overwhelm your opponent and take over his territory. For expert risk players, they know that the key is to fortify your territory maximize your army strength before attacking. By doing so, you become stronger for your next turn around, and that's how you're going to win. A player might sacrifice his current advance in order to fortify himself for his next turn. In other words, sometimes it's worth taking a pause now in order to fight harder the next time around. Does this sound familiar? Sickeningly familiar, actually. Yeah, it's precisely what the diabolical mind of Hamas has proposed and with world pressure on their side, it's precisely what Israel is forced to acquiesce to in order to release their citizens held in captivity. By agreeing to a humanitarian pause in the fighting that was meant to wipe out Hamas once and for all from the map, Israel is sitting there and made to stand by as Hamas makes a mockery of them, and while doing so, they're fortifying their territory by using the lull in the fighting to rearm and build themselves back up. And what's their ultimate objective? Obviously, it's to fight another day. And when that day comes, they plan to rain terror down on Israel and push her back into the sea. What we are witnessing is a tiny terrorist group winning a regional game of risk with the eyes of the world winking at them, patting them on the back. And the monsters, the Hamas monsters, wink back. You know why? Because ultimately they intend to conquer and overpower them as well. So one wonders how the world has come to this point. If one side has the military advantage and is willing to take on the battle, willing to battle the forces of evil in order to decimate and disallow disallow it to harm people again, how can it be pressured to stand down and basically agree to a stalemate, which for all intents and purposes is a victory for the other side? You know, thousands of years ago, a similar thing occurred. The force of evil surprise attacked, and the side of good was forced to defend itself, all alone. And with no allies or sympathizers to come to its aid, the side of good battled valiantly and was poised to actually win the conflict, to to subdue its nefarious enemy once and for all. And what happened? The side of evil resorted to underhanded tactics, as they usually do, ultimately forcing a stalemate. In case you're not following my metaphor, I'm referring to the Sar Shalaysav in this week's Parsha, isolating and attacking Yaakov Avinu as he was attempting to cross the river. The Mepharshim explained that this battle, this fight between Yaakov and the Sar Shalaysav was not between two individual adversaries, but rather a monumental battle, a supernatural battle between the, transcend- the, the transcending elements of good and evil in the universe. Yaakov Avinu, representing the side of good, finds himself all alone, as is usually the case, whereupon the angel of doom, the Satan Hamashchis, the Sar Shal Esav, sees an opportunity to strike 
and impart a mortal wound. His intention is to dominate, control, and allow his poisonous venom to infect the entire world. But Yaakov is not going to let that happen. He understood then that it was his role as an emissary of world order to take on this barbaric enemy and destroy it so that it cannot inflict more terror, more strife, more evil and enmity on, in- on innocent civilians, on innocent victims. He recognized that if the Sultan will conquer him, it will eventually conquer the world. And so he battled with every ounce of his physical and spiritual strength to beat back his attacker. And right before he could claim victory, right before Yaakov was able to subdue the Sarshal Esau once and for all, what did the, the angel of doom do? It slashed him on his hip, causing Yaakov to release his hold, denying him the victory. The angel told him at the end that because he battled, his name will be changed to not from Yaakov to Yisrael. But when Yaakov asked the angel what his name was, what is your name? The mysterious reply was, why do you ask my name? In other words, I have no name. I represent all forms of evil and terror in this world, not just Asa, but even the Romans, the Crusaders, the Nazis, and yes, even the Hamas and the Islamic Jihad of today. And as Yidin, we're thrilled to welcome our brothers and sisters back home after weeks in captivity. But it is no secret that Hamas is milking this for everything it's worth. And the world is falling for it hook, line, and sinker. They are biding their time, fortifying their positions, and regrouping in order to maximize their next attack. Yaakov's name was changed to Yisrael because he grappled with the source of all evil, Vatuchal. He was capable. He was actually going to destroy it. Sometimes it requires being left all alone, fending for oneself in order to accomplish victory. Let us daven that Hashem will vanquish our enemies in this world in whatever form and name they present themselves.